Okay, all right. You know, I can't not do an episode on the insurrection. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jeremy Vaney. You're listening to Our Undoing Radio. And uh, if you recall, not to toot my own horn, but um, if you listen to this show, you know that uh, I was the only one talking about how QAnon was related to Nazism and anti-Semitism um, for at least a few weeks, if not months, I can't remember at this point, before any mainstream outlets uh, did the work, or at least published their work. How about that? So I'm hoping that gives me some street cred <laughs> for what comes next, I guess, uh, which is let's talk insurrection. I'm trying to think of how to do this from an hour and doing point of view. Uh and it's pretty simple, actually. So let's um, let's first say that there are fantastic explanations of the uh, historical lineage, if you will, of this type of thinking. And it goes all the way back to uh, at least the Roman Empire. The idea of child-eating, blood-sucking Jews which uh, then gets, you know, through the years, translated into the Protocols of Zion and David Icke and his changeling lizard people. Uh, I hadn't even thought of lizard people as being changelings because you always hear reptilian shapeshifters. But then I heard people talking about it in terms of changelings. And yeah, I guess it's just another version of that, right? Except, um, you know, anti-Semitic. And... uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know who David Icke is, great. Good for you. Uh, for the rest of you who have heard of him and maybe like him and are like, wait, he's not anti-Semitic. He's already answered all that. Well, it is an anti-Semitic trope, and he first came on the scene by claiming that he was the second coming of Christ. Oh, yes, he did. YouTube it. So is it a stretch to believe that the guy who thinks he's Jesus uh, is not just coincidentally doing anti-Ismetic tropes. Mm. Even so, this whole QAnon thing seems to be a bridge too far for even David Icke, so that's funny. Uh, In any event, so now here we are, and it's um, George Soros, who's Jewish and uh, a kajillionaire, and the Hollywood elites, and of course the media, which is code for Jews. These are the ones who are the bloodthirsty changeling vampires. It's this is the world we live in, folks. Uh, and now here's here's, I guess, what I want you to take away from what's going on now with the media, at least as I'm recording this. It's probably even more so. In fact, this is my street cred prediction, and um, this will probably be true by the time this gets out. And then it won't look like a street cred prediction because you'll be like, well, yeah, that's just what's going on. But just trust that I made this earlier (laughs) before it started happening Um, because I think the threads of it are already in the air that the media is going to uh, make the topic of the insurrection in terms of the insurrectionists about trying to understand one uh, the umbrella of of, um, types of people that were at the rally that turned into an insurrectionist riot And two, um, that Donald Trump and company 
um, stoked the fire of madness and provoked them to go down to the Capitol building. And um, this is what they're going to concentrate on in exclusion to what they should be concentrating on. But let's first say, before we get into that, that Donald Trump and company did do that. And um, so responsibility and blame is is to be put there for sure. Um, and sociologically speaking, it is uh, interesting to parse out who's the... Who's the paramilitary loon from who's the, you know, white nationalist? Who's the Proud Boy faction? Who's just the people who are just there because they love Trump and they want to support him? Um, The umbrella of types. That's great for sociologists to parse out. But for the day-to-day reality that we're actually living in, and uh, the fact is that it's more important to see what unites them all than what divides them all. And what unites them all is the same old thing that, uh, you know, we were pointing out that I, I guess people are sick of pointing out because it feels as though there's less that can be done about it, which is, uh, that tens and upon tens upon tens of millions of people voted for and are okay with and, Tens of thousands of people went to fight for and put their lives on the line for a fascist, racist, sexist, homophobic criminal um, who locks up children in cages, uh, who parties with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile. (laughs) But of course, we're not to make anything of that because um, in the QAnon conspiracy, Donald Trump is here to to save us from the pedophiles. But of course, pedophiles and the QAnon conspiracy actually equals Jews and Democrats. Although that's kind of secondary. They just kind of lifted the pizza gate nonsense and, and ran with it. They took the ball and ran. Uh, so that's what, to, that's where to keep your, that's the ball that you're supposed to keep your eye on. Right. In is what I'm saying, which is, um, that all of these people are just fine with those qualities and support and endorse those qualities. So there is no innocent person in that. Um, the question isn't why did those people end up marching down to the Capitol and rioting? The question is, why were they supporting Donald Trump in the first place? Because you can get wrapped up in how delusional are they that they... Um, believe that Donald Trump won the presidency, that Joe Biden couldn't possibly have won, and that the whole thing was rigged. And you can look at who formulated that and pressed it, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Don Jr., all the politicians that support them, the Ted Cruz's of the world, the Lindsey Graham's of the world, the Mitch McConnell's, you know, the people, some of whom want to distance themselves now, but uh, some of whom don't. But No, eye on the prize, folks. That's a delusion that they bought into because their leader slash leaders told them to. Why are they listening to those people anyway? Why are they leaders to them and not something uh, that they should be fighting to expel from, from themselves, from the system at large? All of that. So, 
I guess if there's a way, don't let the media get away with um, changing the topic to something that seems more digestible because it's something that feels like you could do something about or get a better grasp on, a better handle on. Um, because those things are important and those people need to be brought to justice and all of that. Uh, but there needs to be an internal reckoning, uh, look in the mirror, something with each individual that is just okay with this. You know, I mean, the range is from people who fully believe in the worst to are just okay with this. And I want you to think about this when you think about this insurrection, because um, I saw a video of uh, a couple of guys or just watch it. And I already can't remember their names. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, they went to um, the Trump rally, what began as a Trump rally, uh, to pretend to be newscasters from the OWN network, which is a far right-wing nonsense network, Um, and basically lampoon what was going on. And then they ended up, of course, in the midst of this siege on the Capitol. And one of the things that the guys said at the end, I mean, they were completely shaken by all of this. Uh, but what they're pointing out is just how unshaken uh, anyone else was. <laughs> like, everyone in this crowd was, like, writhing, seething with anger and hatred. And the way they were talking about the energy of the crowd and, and the, the toxicity that was in just in the air got me to thinking about, like, right, that's another thing about this. Like, you can feel, you can feel that sort of thing, right? It's a visceral feeling when you're in the room or in the crowd of that much going wrong with people psychologically, that much anger and hatred and bile, you can feel that, right? How is it that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and company uh, thrive on that? They can stand on a stage in a sea of people giving them that. uh, And they're just fine with it. I mean, that is... That's just an incredible, I mean, when I think about something that's evil, um, which I'm not sure I actually believe in, but when I think about it, I think like, well, something like that must be it, where you're you're just fine, like thriving in that, stoking it and thriving in it and basking in it. Um, I mean, it's probably more sociopathy than anything and narcissism and all of that, but um I don't know, just think about like how wild that would be to like not be afraid of that, not be horrified by that, not feel it as a punch to the gut. And yet there are all these people in the crowd who are just fine with that. And again, fine for sociologists to parse them out, but um, I'm pretty sure that mom and dad with their kids who just wanted to go support their president Looked to the left and right of them and saw Proud Boys, skinheads, Confederate flags, you know? And they were fine with that. They were like, yeah, I, I, these are my people, or this is acceptable. I'll tolerate this. How is that acceptable? Well, here's where we have to shift gears into our undoing territory. And um, this is the thing that I don't think anything can be done about. Uh, in society, I mean, it's not a it's not a problem for a group to solve of psychologists or sociologists or philosophers or anybody like that. Um, which is the pyramid scheme that we mimic. So 
in nature, in the physical world, the pyramid scheme, the base always has to be the largest, right? So there's always going to be more atoms than there are molecules. There's always going to be more molecules than there are cells. There's always going to be more cells than there are organs. There's always going to be more organs than organisms. And so forth, right? This is, the base is always larger than uh, whatever the top is, you know, whatever that is building toward. And without the base, the top can't exist. Without the top, the base can exist. And this is nature. And we mimic that. Mentally, we mimic that. So the base is always going to be the uh, least thoughtful of us, the dumbest among us, the ignorant among us, um, the literal among us, those who don't understand subtext. And then there's going to be uh, people who are a little more intelligent, both IQ and EQ, emotional intelligence, uh, who are going to understand subtext and humor and be able to read metaphors where others can only see the literal words. And then beyond that, there are going to be experts, real masters of their fields, be they uh, fields involving the intellect or understanding through heart would be another version, I suppose. Uh, so mathematicians and, and all of that. And the arts. I guess the arts is another one, right? Like there are all these sorts of branching off transcending and including aspects of us. And then we also suppose that there is the tippity top, which is like spiritual. Oh, spiritual masters or those who have come to, to actual epiphanies, not through words, but through themselves or beyond themselves in some way. Whether that's true or not, it's not true for anyone within that pyramid scheme. So the tippity top is always a fantasy. Tippity top is for the literal person isn't even going to be themselves. It's going to be the God or the, the deity, the God man, the God person that they worship, that they're in some way subservient to. That's no more or less an illusion than the person who believes in anything else who believes in or doesn't believe in the atheist. I mean, the tippity top, in other words, in mental sphere is always a mirage. This is just never true for you. So it's not true. And that's weird, right? <laughs> but when you think about it, the bottom is, is equally bottomless because the, the further down you drill into uh, the world of the unseen with the naked eye, the microscopic, uh, there's always going to be something there for you to perceive. So even that is sort of a mirage. So it's, it's mirages up and down. <laughs> it's turtles up and down. So the thing that that we are trying to get at here, our undoing, is uh, the fact that 
this whole rigmarole of transcend and include um, actually stops when it comes to spirituality. The uh, the so-called enlightenment moment is one of total transformation or nothing at all. You know, it's either total transformation or you're still stuck in thought. Because that which is transforming you transcends and includes thought. So it doesn't come from thought. And since you are a thought construct, the sense of self that you are is a thought, the thinker that believes itself to be, well, to be a thinker. It's a thought that believes it's a thinker. That's you. When I say it, I mean you. (laughs) Uh, You and me, both. This person here speaking, although uh, we're not in the same predicament anymore, but... Nevertheless, that which transcends and includes thought is not thought. The transcending part is not thought. But much like the consciousness uh, scheme, it doesn't need to be lived. I mean, in that sense, if you want to say it's higher, in that weird warped way, I suppose it can be viewed that way as something that, uh, like the base needs to be lived. The body needs to be alive. That's the base of you. And beyond that, you need to function mentally to to exist in the world. But up until now, it hasn't been really that apparent that you need to go beyond that if you don't want to. I guess just one last thing I want to note here is, and I may have talked about this on an early episode, um, this first example of what I need to say, but that that there does come a tipping point where gradualism uh, does completely, at the snap of a finger, transform into a new situation. There are moments when that happens in life. And so the thing I thought I might have talked about, I probably did talk about this on an early episode, about like living in New York and um, having grown up been made fun of for being fat, like in high school and probably middle school. And looking back, I wasn't really that fat. But back then, boy, howdy was I. Because I guess even though everyone ate the same crap, uh, other people probably exercised more than I did, didn't eat as much of it at the time, and had better metabolism. I don't know. But um, when we all became adults, they all became, a lot of them, larger than I am now, even. Uh, I mean, morbidly obese. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that because I lived in New York, and in New York... Um, you know, I, I hung out with like actors and that crowd who kind of try to, unless they're doing like a character role where they've got to be fat, they're all trying to look pretty, right? They're trying to look thin and they all work out and all that stuff. So I didn't realize what was going on in the real world (laughs) in my New York liberal bubble, which is, you know, and I had seen it in movies like wall E, you know, that movie, the Disney movie where they're calling attention to how, uh, slovenly Americans are becoming um, or have become. And then the jokes about Walmart shoppers and all that. But I didn't realize until I spent some time back in Taunton, Massachusetts before moving to Hawaii. And now of course in Hawaii, uh, just how large everyone has become. And it's so normalized. And there's like an amnesia that comes with that normalization, which is, Hey, wait, weren't some of you guys bullies? Weren't some of you guys fat shaming me and other people? Uh, wasn't that a thing? And now it's like just taken for granted that uh, there are fat people. I mean, really, really fat people. And that's okay. 
that's at a close to home example for me, right? Um, but we're seeing it with this Trump stuff too, where it feels like this is coming out of nowhere, or it feels like it's all emanating from like this one conspiracy theory gone awry. But really, uh, it's been decades upon decades of um, the religious right, the evangelicals, the literalists doing real grassroots political efforts um, to take over school systems, to take over local politics, and work their way up the food chain into all of it. Alongside that, there have been, of course, the people who don't care anything at all about that, um, who are already the rich establishment Republicans who um, try to put a chain on that dog and walk it around. And then that dog became the Tea Party. And they still tried to keep a chain on that dog and fund it and walk it around. And then Trump. And then suddenly uh, the dog's off the leash. And the Democrats have their responsibility in that too, which is the establishment Democrats let it happen. Because as soon as they became corporate, they were like, well, we'll sort of give you crumbs and social programs and stuff, but not enough to upset our corporate donors. So that's kind of how politics worked. And so it made it look like, and for all intents and purposes, it was, up until Donald Trump, pro-wrestling. Where you've got these fake good guys and these fake bad guys. These these phony um, liberals, so-called liberals, who are working less against you than the conservatives. But no one's really working for you. No one's really in government to serve the way that government should be. Um, but then Donald Trump came along and, and showed that, well, this isn't what the system is. There isn't just like some evil Vince McMahon person at the top or cabal of people blood sucking anyone's from anywhere changelings. It's just that this is how Washington has been able to get away with behaving, at least since Bill Clinton, uh, turned the party to the right. Democratic Party, which in turn turned the Republican Party further to the right. So all of this is to say that it did work that way. It did look that way and function that way, but it didn't have to. And now we see with Donald Trump, he he sort of brought attention to that by his very existence of taking over and being a dictator, essentially, um, who was not controllable. So um, when push comes to shove... Uh, the system does work on its own. It's just he made it work for ill. So if it works for ill, that means it can work for good, which means you do want to vote in good people, justice Democrats, I would argue, who are not owned by any corporations. And zero Republicans, because they're no good. It's just the way it is, folks. Sorry. So if you're going to play in the political arena, know that, and know that um, So these people... I keep encountering, especially in the new age circles, who say, well, well, politics doesn't matter if you believe that there is a left and right in this country or sheeple. If you haven't woken up from that since Donald Trump, shame on you. I mean, hey, I'm glad for your privilege. I'm glad that you are so well off or at least perceive yourself to be so well off or so far from being able to be harmed in life that you can afford to ignore the fact. But uh, 
it might behoove you to um, see that that isn't true anymore, that the game has changed. So the point is, or was going to be, before I went off my little political tangent there, that what looks like something that just happened overnight did just happen overnight, but uh, there was a gradual, slow push that got us to that point. And then um, it, uh, I would think that it probably wouldn't go- have gone that far if not for the pandemic. I mean, I don't think QAnon takes off the way it does. I think gradualism continues the course. And instead, people get stuck in their houses and they go online and they're fed a bunch of nonsense and they are receptive to it because they're afraid and they want answers and all, you know, all the stuff we know that goes into believing garbage and patterning your life now on garbage as if, uh, you know, as if you were never another way. And part of why you can do that, and this gets back to the um, giving up social media thing, part of it is that at this point, with our online presence in life, having sort of taken over our actual presence, you can just edit out and filter out any dissenting voices, any family or friends who disagree with you, and it's super easy to find anything that's going to, uh, you know, fake news articles and videos and stuff like this that are going to promote what you want to hear. And so you can filter out. You don't have to drown out anymore. You don't have to argue a point or know anything or have a rebuttal to anything anymore. Even you can just get rid of them and, uh, be a nation unto your own. Go find your people at that Trump rally. And then lucky you, you'll have the white privilege to storm the Capitol building and maybe get away with it. Maybe ask for organic food in prison and have a judge give that to you because you're a shaman, a QAnon shaman, because you've culturally appropriated. And uh, the judge is like, "Mm, that's religious enough. You qualify for organics? Sure. Why not? Is there a Whole Foods in this Sing Sing? Um. It's funny because I feel like this uh, kind of belongs, like if this were an essay on OurUndoing.com, it would fall into the talking to oneself section where, you know, in these unhealthy sort of day-to-day ways, we talk to ourselves about what we are uh, missing or lacking in terms of being whole people, the full expression of human nature. And this sense of like a gradual push to something and then um, and then a complete change or a collapse and then the common, you know, sort of conventional wisdom changes with it immediately to, oh, we always knew that. And maybe a better example for that would be uh, like in archaeology when um, or any of the sciences when there's a new discovery that that calls everything into question. But let's just stick with archaeology because it's easy to see that, you know, humanity goes back a certain amount of time. And new research then shows that no humanity goes back a lot longer. Well, um, that nobody just in the establishment goes, oh, okay, great. Let's change everything. No, they have identified themselves as scholars of a specific thing. They've gotten their education in it, and they're going to fight for that ignorant position. They're literally going to ignore you. You've got to go above and beyond. You've got to not just prove to them, but show it to the world so that there's this mass push to go, wait a minute. 
maybe humanity goes back further. Let's look at this evidence. And then if enough of that happens and enough of the evidence gets too overwhelming, then they have to go, oh, you know what? Uh, humanity goes back further. And instead of having a, um, a moment of just sheer honesty where they're like, wow, we were wrong. It's always right. Where is that moment ever? It's always, yeah, that's just kind of, kind of how things have, we've always known that, right? Humanity goes on further. I mean, duh, who doesn't know that? The good part about that is, you know, as we worry about like, how do you change the minds of a brainwashed mass of people of 74 million brainwashed people? Well, um, you just change their minds. You give them something else, <laughs> right? You go, no, it's this over here. And then they go, oh, yeah, I always knew that. Yeah, yeah, no, racism's bad, right? Like, sexism's bad. You shouldn't put kids in the cages. Yeah, no, of course not. Duh. Um, you just brainwash them another way. <laughs> but as with all of this, there's another thing on the horizon, folks, that is following this pattern, which is uh, climate change. So right now, because we're living in these precarious political times and these online lives, you can look at something like um, global warming, which is going to lead to a new ice age real soon and go, hmm, not in my lifetime or no, these four scientists say it ain't so, therefore it ain't so. And then boom, there's an ice age because the gradualism gives way. I mean, I, I discussed this in the, uh, Defriending Facebook episode, right? But it's important to repeat it because here we are. We are that. We're there. And as much as people say that um, uh, threatening to kidnap the governor of Michigan and taking over the state building there was a rehearsal for the insurrection, and the insurrection is a rehearsal for what's next because now they know they can get away with it because they're white. And we live in a racist system that's either uh, either let this happen because, well, it's white people. They're Trump people. They're not going to hurt the police. Or it was coordinated on the inside. Either way, not looking good. So uh, they must be rehearsing for what's next. It's rehearsal. This is what we're hearing. And it is rehearsal. But in the vein of talking to oneself... That rehearsal may actually be us telling ourselves to wake up in some weird, warped, crazy, total recall way where you've got to inject yourself into your own reality, into your own mind to say, wake up, this isn't real. If I'm not Quaid, then who the hell am I? Well, Quaid, <laughs> the wake up is at this stage, wake up. The sky is falling. The climate is changing. And it's snap overnight going to be completely different. And then what is the, oh yeah, it's always been like this. Going to look like on the other side of that. And then what builds off of the denial, off of the lack of any self-understanding that led to that moment? What society do we build up from there? The same erroneous one, right? Like, on and on we go. So, even though I've been talking about politics and things you can do within politics, and liberal this and conservative that, one's good, one's bad, they're, you know, all of that. 
that's from within the pyramid scheme. In truth, the real transformation is we either wake up out of all of this mind, this thought, this psychological time, or raindrops keep falling on my head. And then so does snow, so does ice. We can't wait for the Trump people to get right with themselves. We can't wait for the politics to sort itself out. We've got to sit with ourselves. If you're not going to sit with yourself, then yeah, fight for the right, right? Fight for the good cause. Fight, fight, fight. But if you want peace, true peace, if you want to be peace, you can't be peaceful because that's just a rest stop on the way to war. To be peace, be silence. And in the silence, which is the silencing of thought, the silencing of war, and rest stops along the way, all of that, who becomes you? When you're not brainwashed because the brain is silence. The brain sells. All of it, the physical, the mental, has gone timeless. Talk about a historical moment. Talk about a historical moment. <laughs> 